welcome to episode 143 of Tim Talk, the podcast about the DC animated universe, co-created by Bruce Tim. I am Chris Lord. I'm Cameron Dexter. Do you find it really confusing now that it's every other week? Like, does, yes. it, does it really throw you off? Mm-hmm. Like, I have to think extra hard about what I've actually done in the last two weeks. Yeah. Like, in terms of plugs and news. Well, yeah, because so much happens in two weeks now. Yeah. But at the same time, nothing happens. It, exactly. Yeah. I have to like go through and like date news items to figure out if we actually talked about them or not because I can't. Yeah. Well, we already had that stumble, what, over Christmas. We yeah, talked about true. the same trailer like three weeks in a row. I think that just means that you and I are very flappable. Yeah. Like we're, we're far from unflappable. The littlest things will just completely knock us over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But, I mean, we will be talking, not this week, but uh, we will be actually putting out an extra episode next week for Birds of Prey. Yes, which I have seen, and, and I, I will am, be silent. Yeah, I have, I'm have. i literally going to see it right after we record this. Mm-hmm. So uh, that'll be a very interesting conversation, to say the least. Yes. Uh, but in the meantime, we do have a little bit of news to cover here. A few things happened. Obviously, the uh, the Super Bowl happened between our previous episode and mm-hmm. this. We had Real some... sports-centered episode this week. <laughs> oh, my God, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You can really see how ignorant we are when it comes to the sportings. Yes. Uh, you know, we, we watched the game, kind of. Mm-hmm. You were rooting for Chiefs. Kansas, for the Chiefs. Yep. I was rooting for San Francisco. We both left before the end. Yep. <laughs> so, you could tell how dedicated we were. We were. But, um, I mean, there was obviously a few TV spots scattered throughout there. There was a No Time to Die TV spot, which I have watched so many times. Good. I'm glad you got something good out of it. You son of a bitch. What? <laughs> but you didn't enjoy the No Time to Die TV spot? No, I was thinking that was for you, and then Mulan was for me, and I didn't oh, okay. care for the Mulan trailer. Yeah, the, I, there was like a full trailer, yeah. too, and I, we both watched it. I honestly didn't remember anything that happened in that trailer. Because it's, it's pretty much the same clips we've already had. Yeah, there's nothing... I, I think you and I were both very hopeful for this one, that it would be like the outlier, because it was the one that you felt like could actually be adapted to something new. And yeah, then they and, and I've... I've done anything cool expanded that list and i continue to have that conversation with people of what are the live action movies that we want to see and by we i mean me you, me and, you, only you me. and you exclusively yes yeah i think yeah, i think mulan was the one that that could have i mean i don't want to speak in, in the negative like i've already seen it i think mulan is the one that could work uh i think treasure planet be a great one yeah we have the the vfx for it now yeah uh just uh same with atlantis same with Atlantis, yeah. yeah. I was gonna say for Jupiter, or sorry, for uh, Treasure Planet, just get all the background art from Jupiter ascending and just get rid of all the characters. Oh, that would work. Yeah. Would they still give the main character '90s hair? Absolutely. It, it's back. It kind of is <laughs> it's back. It's fully back. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Everything old is new again. Yeah. the The bowl cut is back, and then the the middle part. The is, middle is part fully in fashion again. Yeah. And I don't like it. Yeah, the Eric Matthews. Mm-hmm. It's coming right back around. Yeah, I'm not a fan. <laughs> no, I'm not here for it either. Yeah, I, I, I could never pull it off as a kid. I think I tried once. Uh, Please tell me there's a photo of that out there. Well, I, I tried it for, for when I dressed as Brink uh, for Disney Halloween. I wasn't there for that. You weren't, but I posted photos. Oh, okay. Well, then good. They exist. Yeah. But I'm too lazy to go find them. It's fair. But yeah, I think, I think the most exciting trailer that came out of the super bowl though would have had to have been the marvel disney plus shows mm-hmm. so i mean it was very short the quote the trailer with air quotes it was yeah the, it was a, a compilation of pictures yeah basically very which is what video is but that's yeah, not my but point it, yeah very brief snippets from 
uh, a Falcon and the Winter Soldier from WandaVision, and mm-hmm. then um, like one little moment from Loki, essentially. Yes. Um, what'd you think? Uh, it, I, I, I'm excited. I don't think I'm any more excited from this. Like people are speaking like this is the next coming, mm-hmm. uh, event. And I'm like, well, it's, it's fine. I, th- I think seeing the WandaVision stuff got me the most excited. I would agree with that. Yeah. Uh, just cause we got like something whereas the winter soldier was, I, I guess we, we had that shot of, you know, we see Zemo's back and them fighting together against him. Yeah. I mean, it was pretty cool to see, Sam wielding the shield yeah. and like throwing amongst the trees. Um, there was that, I think that last shot is at some sort of football game. And I think that's supposed to be us agent. The, um, oh, okay. the yeah, Wyatt yeah, Russell yeah. character, <clears throat> um, mm-hmm. obviously not Steve Rogers. Right. Um, yeah, I guess I'm with you on that one. I think that the WandaVision see the most interesting. It also felt the most different. It felt weird and fun and it, it absolutely confirmed this, Run long running theory that it was going to be based around different eras of sitcoms. So, like, there was kind of one section that looked a little bit Roseanne, one that looked, you know, 1950s. Yeah, we had like an Isle of Lucy feel. We had Roseanne, we had like an All in the Family kind of thing. Yeah, well, we got to see her in her full comic book costume, yeah. which is pretty fun. And to me, that one just it looks weird and fun and different. Whereas I think Falcon the Winter Soldier, it's going to be good. Like, there's really, um, talented people involved in it um malcolm spellman is i think the showrunner on it he's done some really good stuff uh i think that's gonna be good but i think that's gonna feel more in line with like a civil war i think they're gonna try and really yeah it's not gonna feel it's gonna feel like the rest of the mcu yeah i I think they're gonna hew to that tone specifically of like winter soldier and civil war which obviously works really well for those characters and for that story but one division like oh we haven't seen this yet Mm -hmm. like this is weird yeah. And I, and I think that the more they lean into genre, the more excited I get with their stuff. So that's yeah, it, it, the Yeah, it's similar to like how I feel about Doom Patrol. I'm just like, it's just weird. And every week I'm coming back, I'm just like, what am I going to see? Yeah. Because like, I don't know. Man, still Danny the gender fluid sentient street. Yeah, is it's still, so good. It's still really, really Who's good. Who's powered by a never ending burlesque show. I fucking love it. It's like the inside of my brain. Uh, but I mean, along the lines of the, the Marvel Disney stuff, we also got a casting announcement. We did. The, the, the great Owen Wilson will be lending some sort of character to Loki. We don't know what yet. Uh, what's the character that you, you're hoping it is? The, I've, I've heard rumors of Throg, the, the, Fro- the Thor, Thor Frog. Frog. Thor Frog? Yes. Frog Thor. If, if we would have had the recording going like five minutes earlier <laughs> we and, and heard us <laughs> attempting to say that, that phrase properly... Frog Thor. Do you think Frog Thor is going to be in Thor 4? I don't. Okay. <laughs> if so, you would be so shocked you'd hit the floor. I would. Uh, yeah. There, there was a, an, uh, a post someone did this week about Owen Wilson, <clears throat> and they kind of mapped out how much money he's made through his career mm-hmm. and then dissected that to, on average, how many, how many words he said per movie. Okay. And then from there, how many... Um, uh, how many wows how many, he many, says per movie. Wows. Yeah. And they, they basically came down to like, Owen Wilson has made like $120,000 just saying, wow. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, thank you person for spending your time to answer that question. So I, I mean, don't have to, we didn't know we needed an answer to it, but yes. now that we do know it's that much more it's, satisfying. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I honestly think I'm lowballing it. I don't remember the exact number, but I think it's a lot more than what I said. I think it's okay. close to like $400,000. I mean, that's great. You know, I, I love that he's being included mm-hmm. like because he's an actor that has a persona and like brings personality to something like he's distinct. And yeah. so 
if they're going for someone distinct like that, they're clearly doing it for a reason. And so you, you kind of get the sense like, oh, they're doing something cool and interesting and fun there. And we excited to see what that'll end up being. Yeah. And it's, yeah, he, he, he's a, he's a person I didn't think like when I think like, oh, who do I want to see in the MCU? Owen Wilson is nowhere near the top of my list. But when I saw the name, I'm like, oh, okay, this is going to be good. It's a fun surprise. It's like Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> like, oh, we're going to have Jeff Goldblum in Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. You're like, oh, okay. All yeah, right. Sure. I'm here for this. Mm-hmm. Let's see what they do. So does this mean, though, Vince Vaughn will be shortly after? Uh, I, I could leave. I could, I could be happy without <laughs> a Vince Vaughn, to be perfectly honest. Mm-hmm. He, I've never really found him particularly appealing. Okay. I've heard though that his uh, more recent serious stuff has been pretty good. That, well, he um, did I, what, uh, True Detective, right? Yeah, I didn't see all that season though. I think I started watching it and it just didn't it didn't carry through with me. But um, was it uh, Brawl and Cell Block ninety nine and Dragged Across Concrete? Apparently, supposed to be both really good. And he's okay. really good in them. So, but I don't know if we need like super intense Vince Vaughn in our MCU. I don't no, know. I, don't, I, yeah. I just like them as a duo. I think they're very fun together. Do you like Wedding Crashers? This this is going to be very controversial. I like The Internship more than Wedding Crashers. Okay, I've never actually seen The Internship. Uh, you you will hate it. Yeah, I'm sure I would. Because it's your people. Oh, tech people? Yes. Yeah, I left Northern California because I hate tech people mm-hmm. so much. Yeah, I mean, it's... I didn't even it's, want to get entertainment. I just want to do anything but tech. Yeah, it's... I mean, all of the jokes are it's, it's two old guys going to work as interns at Google. Um... And every joke is at the expense of everyone that works at Google. Yeah. Well, that in that case, I might like it. Okay. Yeah. I guess yeah. Actually, now that I think of it, mm-hmm. <laughs> I enjoy it. Um, I I don't get the appeal of Wedding Crashers. I think the first half to two thirds is pretty good when they're out on like the the island of the house with the family. I think that all that stuff is pretty funny and and that works. Mm-hmm. But the movie goes on for like another hour, and that other hour is awful. Like absolutely terrible and really well, yeah, stupid. Yeah, because the first the first two thirds are a comedy movie. Yeah, a a studio comedy, as some might say. <laughs> um, as I must now as, say. As some, yeah, as some Chris losing would say. bets left and right. Um, but then the second third, or the the last third. <laughs> no, the second the second third. Yeah, the yeah. last third is them be like, oh wait, this is supposed to be a rom com movie, and they have to resolve all the rom-com tropes yeah. and now in 40 minutes instead of an hour and a half i know and it todd phillips has a, a, a weird relationship with genre and tone doesn't he yes yeah he does uh oh and by the time this comes out we will now know how many oh, oscars yes. joker uh, will have won yeah i'm i, I if it what's gets your, what's your over under i'm gonna give it two okay i'm gonna give it uh i would give it Two with an over-under of one, which I, I realize is not <laughs> that great of a yep. spread. But I think it'll probably end up getting Best Actor. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be totally shocked if it got Best Score. Um, one of the reasons, of course, being that we have very, very few female composers. And so, and not, not that it should be awarded for just that. I think it's also a very effective score. But I think that might tip it in its favor mm-hmm. a little bit. And I would also like to see more female composers get recognition. So I wouldn't be uh, opposed to that being the film score person that I am. Yes. Uh, I think it could possibly also pick up maybe one more for saying like, maybe like costuming or, I, who else or makeup or something costume? like that. Um, all we know is that it's not rocket man, which is I know absolutely, is, is it, is absolutely a insane. Disgrace. Um, but yeah, I mean the, the fewer it wins, the better because I've said repeatedly and I'll continue to say that I have a lot of problems with that movie's success, both commercial and critical. 
so yes, yeah, Joker, be- Irishman, Little Women, Jojo. Once oh, it's gonna be Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. It probably will be. Which I mean, the costuming in that is is really quite good. So yeah, would be, be super. And the Irishman, yeah, it's gonna be Once Upon a Time. Yeah, uh, I think when I did my work ballot, I think I may have given it to the Irishman. I feel like the Irishman is probably. Suits. Well, I, I think what's going to end up happening is that I would suspect that it's going to be a toss-up between 1917 and The Irishman for what takes home the most. Mm-hmm. I think 1917 is going to get Best Picture, and I'm pretty sure it's going to get Best Cinematography. If it doesn't, what the flying fuck? I will get to that. That's one of my plugs this week. It's 1917, okay. but that movie is fucking beautiful. Yes. Yeah, I, I've also seen it now. Oh, good. Okay, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll talk about it. It's gorgeous. So I think it's going to get at least those two. But I suspect the Irishman may end up picking up more awards. I think it's going to get uh, Joe Pesci for Best Supporting Actor. Yeah. Um, I actually, on my ballot, gave it for Best Visual Effects because I feel like the Academy won't want to give it to Avengers, which probably deserves Best Visual Effects. Mm-hmm. So they'll be like, oh, yeah, like because Marty did the de-aging, like, we'll give it to him, even though the de-aging net is terrible for most of it. Yeah. Um, but that's, that's my theory. It's going to be... Uh, Best Picture, 1917. Best Cinematography, 1917. The most awards will probably end up going to The Irishman. Okay. So, I don't know. We'll see. It's a good good theories. And I think screen, uh, original screenplay will pretty much unquestionably go to Tarantino. I feel like that's he's basically just a shoo whenever that comes around. Yeah. Um, Where I feel like the Academy just like very and like full of anguish just has to hand it to him. Yeah. Because the Academy does not like Tarantino. I mean... I don't like Tarantino. I feel like he's a hard person to get along with. I like his movies. Yeah. I find him as a person kind of despicable mm-hmm. and just really, really gross and self-serving. But damn it, do I really like his movies? Who of of the writer of of the the like the the, the quirky writers? Who do you think has done more cocaine in their life, Tarantino or Sorkin? Oh, <laughs> Sorkin. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I, I un, unquestionably Sorkin. Um, uh, wait, also, didn't didn't Stephen King have a real bad coke problem for a long time, too? I think he had a real bad everything problem. That's true, actually. Because there, yeah. there was like the six years where he's like, oh, yeah, I wrote a bunch of books. And I have no memory of any of them. Yeah. Matthew Perry said the same thing about several seasons of Friends. <laughs> yeah. um, okay, but I, normally I think I'd probably give it to actually Stephen King of the lot. But if we're doing just screenwriters, mm-hmm. I mean, he's done a little bit of screenwriting, but he's primarily a novelist. So yeah. uh, Sorkin, absolutely. I mean, look at the dialogue. Yeah. Like, I mean, Tarantino is absolutely amazing with dialogue, but his isn't necessarily like super fast paced dialogue, right? Like he sits in a conversation. Yeah. Whereas like Sorkin literally had to create the walk and talk to like actually have enough frenetic energy to justify the way people talk in his scripts. Yeah. So definitely Sorkin. All right, fair. Yeah. Fair. I, I think I've said this before that I've seen him before, right? I talked about this. No. So uh, for the film, Steve Jobs. It, yes. Okay. You did mention that. Yes. You haven't mentioned it on the podcast though. Oh, I don't know. All right. I'll tell this story real quickly. So uh, when Steve Jobs is filming, cause it's the, if you've seen the movie, it takes place across three different major product launches from Apple's history. And so the first section takes place, uh, in 1984 at the launch of, I think the, the first 84 would be the Apple II. The Apple II, yes. Launched Apple II. So it was done at uh, the Flint Center, which yeah, is an actual... was the, the famous commercial. Yeah. So it was done at an actual um, like venue at De Anza College, which is where I went to study film for a few years after graduating with my engineering degree. So while we were there, they were filming it because this, the building still exists and it really hasn't been updated since the 80s. So they actually like 
went back to the exact same location that originally happened and, and filmed it there. And so we would get out of class and just go and hang out next to the set. So we'd be like standing off on the sidelines and like over there is Michael Fassbender like having a smoke and you can like hear Seth Rogen's laugh and his laugh in person is absolutely as charming as you would hope it would be. Like That's it, good to hear. It is the most infectious, beautiful sound I've ever heard in my entire life. But while we're standing there, this man just like races past us in a hurry and he's wearing like that very classic 90s like leather sleeved kind of letterman style jacket right but like not a sports one just like what everyone wore in the 90s yeah and like he looked super pissed took a second to go oh that was aaron sorkin looking mad as hell great uh, someone someone missed a beat on their dialogue exactly yeah but i mean by um not necessarily by contrast but then also you know like danny boyle we saw him every once in a while super lovely guy he brought in a team one day it was like him his upm his director of photography like i think one of his producers and they just like took their lunch break, which they have like no free time at all, and came and like talked to some of the classes and just like answer questions. Oh, and it was cool. like really personable and charming. And uh, I'm actually in Steve Jobs. You've mentioned on this podcast. Yes, have I okay. a few times? <laughs> I can't remember, Cameron. <laughs> We've only done 200 episodes. How can you not remember? I can't remember all of it. But yeah, uh, if you watch the trailer, you'll see me with real bad hair. Great. So was, um, it, was it a nice 90s middle part? No, it was like an 80s kind of... I just didn't style my hair. Okay. So it just lays very flat. Okay. But I look for old photos of my dad from like that era, and I just kind of like model my look off his. It's kind of a fun time. There you go. Um, okay, there's actually other news to talk about. Other what than else do we have? My random <laughs> entertainment stories. Um, we actually haven't talked about The Batman yet. Oh, that's right. Production officially started after we recorded the last episode, and uh, they put out a press release, and we got confirmation of who is playing who. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go through this real quick here. Um, but obviously, Matt Reeves is uh, directing. Robert Pattinson is playing Batman Bruce Wayne. And as we're going to Zoe Kravitz as Catwoman. Paul Dano as the Riddler. Although, they actually, they give their character names. So, uh, Ed, Kyle Ed and, and Ad, Edward Nashton, not Enigma. I don't like that. Which is interesting. I don't like I that at all. I think that might be from the comics, I remember. Uh, but confirmation that Jeffrey Wright is, of course, playing James Gordon. John Turturro as Carmine Falcone. Peter Scar, Peter Sarsgaard. I almost said Sarsgaard. Peter Sarsgaard. Okay, thank you. I don't want to get into this debate <laughs> we, again. We can't. We don't have time for it. As uh, D. A. Gil Coulson, which I'm not familiar with that character, uh, and Jamie Lawson as mayoral candidate Bella Real, with Andy Serkis as Alfred and Colin Farrell as Oswald Cobblepot. I, I didn't realize Andy Serkis was playing Alfred. Yeah, Alfred. I forgot that one. Yeah, that one was announced like a little while ago. Mm-hmm. It's an interesting choice, but I'm, I'm kind of here for it. Yeah, he. I, I love Serkis. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and his live action performances, they're they're good. Unless do you think he's playing a CGI Alfred? I absolutely think he is. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's just Michael Go. It's a CGI ghost. Um also, would you watch a movie that was just called Circus Circus and it was all of Andy Circus's characters interacting with each absolutely. other? Absolutely. Okay, yeah. Yes. A hundred percent. Okay. Someone make it. Isn't there isn't there something like a performance called Circus Circus? I mean, there's an actual like hotel chain called Circus Circus. That, that's it. Yeah, yeah, there's yeah. there's one up in Reno. There's one in Vegas. So is it a remake of uh, Grand Budapest, but at but the cir- <laughs> but Circus Circus starring yes. Andy Circus? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, as Andy Circus. Yes, he's playing himself, but he's getting lost amongst all the different characters he's played in his life. Amazing. Yeah, I would watch that. Because uh, what's what's the other joke one? The 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 crisis the crisis, but with all Chris's. Oh, I'd watch that. So you have. Hemsworth, uh, Evans, Pine, uh, Pratt, uh, Walken. Walken. Let's, let's throw them all the, in well, there. I think right? Walken would be the villain. Yeah, he would have to be. Uh, Plummer. Is he still alive? Uh, he is. There you go. Yeah. Um, Chris Molina. Mm-hmm. Directed by Nolan. Yeah. Um, 
Written by uh, Christopher Yost, who's yes. one of the screenwriters of Thor. Look at that poll. We'll give it oh. to, should we give it to Columbus? Because Chris Columbus doesn't get a Uh He produces it. There you go. Okay, there we go. Okay, there we go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm so watch this. Yeah. Plus, I would have a really good chance of getting... You, you could be a, you could be a background. somewhere, actor. yeah. <laughs> I, I just want to read <laughs> the credits. It would be the best thing ever. <laughs> All right, the last little piece of news here, uh, something that we have to talk about, I think by obligation at this point, despite my complete lack of interest. <sighs> Fast 9 trailer. Hell yeah, we do. Oh, I buried the lead so much. I saved it for last. Oh, man. How, how, much, how much time do I have on this? Two minutes. Two minutes. <laughs> All right. Uh, Actually, you have however long it takes to do a quarter mile, Cameron. All right. I live my life a quarter mile at a time. Well, you used to live at one quarter mile at a time. It's true. That was 37 years ago at this point. Uh, it, this trailer is fucking insane. It looks so bad. What was, what was so, the, 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 so bad. The thing that I sent you and Shane, it's uh, what happens. Well, when you're, when, when your family's oh, not, yeah. your, not your family. Yeah, no, no. It's what happens when your family's family is not your family, but their family wants to attack your family. Are they still family? Are they still family? <laughs> I love only in this universe could Vin Diesel and John Cena be brothers. Yes. And John Cena is, is the, the younger bad, is the younger brother <laughs> who's the also bad the guy. bad guy. Yeah. Like this is definitely this is the opposite of like our in imitating life. Yes. Like John Cena, who by all all accounts I've ever heard is like one of like the sweetest, most personable, mm-hmm. like kind hearted like celebrities out there. And not that I've heard bad things about Vin Diesel necessarily, but like I don't think he has quite that same like warm, charm. Rep- like warm, charming reputation. So I just love that like Vin Diesel still has to be the hero. Yeah, I mean, of course he does. So what we see in the trailer is Charlize Theron is back with the world's with, worst with haircut. Another, another great Somehow, haircut. Somehow her hair got worse. I and didn't no, know that I don't was think, possible. No, I don't think this is, is worse than the dreadlock. No, it the is dreadlocks so, were so greasy and gross. Yeah, but this is like. This is not even a bowl cut. It's like a mushroom cut. Yeah, because she had to quickly get rid of all her horrible dreadlocks. Yeah, but no, no. I, I would take dreadlock Charlize Theron no. over weird mushroom bowl cut Charlize Theron any day. Uh, so we see she's, them. She's there. Helen Mirren's in there. Who is she talking yeah. to in the car? Was she talking to Vin Diesel? Probably. I can't remember. Because well, I assume Statham and The Rock are not going to be in this one. I would. Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. We know The Rock won't be in it. Yes. Yeah. We know that it's too busy giving a cruise in the jungle. Exactly, we know that definitively. Yes. Uh, so we have those two. They're teaming up to fight the group, but then the biggest bombshell came out at the end of the trailer. Uh, Han is back. Han is back. Han is back. I'm so excited. Han was one of my first favorite characters since. Uh, uh, Tokyo Drift. Yeah, he's great. And then he died, and they ripped him from us. Then, then, well, he died once. Yep. And then he died again. Yep. And now he's alive. Of course he is. Again. So do like because now death clearly has no consequence in this universe. Well, I have theories. But both Michelle Rodriguez and Don yes are back. The Michelle Rodriguez one. Yeah, that one. That one. That gets, they're both pretty dumb. Yeah. Uh, but because the Han one, you see him get shot. Wait, I thought he got killed in the car crash. Oh, and then no, oh, because Statham comes yeah. out and just shoots him. Oh, also further proof that death has no consequence because Jason Statham murdered so many people in these movies, and yep. no one thinks about that anymore. Yep. Now he just like sips beer in the morning in some random pub. Yeah, about to kill a bunch of cops. Mm-hmm. What the fuck? Um, 
He just like killed hospital orderlies. He just like murdered straight up like doctors. Yeah. Just to see his brother? He didn't actually do anything. He it was like it's a good character introduction to be fair, but what the fuck? So I think this is <laughs> Uh, it's gonna be so good. <laughs> this is what led to the question that I asked you before, oh, which we're right, gonna save right. for another another we'll episode. Save for a different episode. Um, yeah. I think Han is a clone. Oh, I am here for that one hundred percent. Because that's where technology could now exist in this universe. Yep. So, do you think he's also been super soldiered? Uh, or do you think John Cena's been super soldiered? Because he like catches a car at one point. Yeah, but that's just John Cena being John Cena. That's absolutely true. Yeah, he yeah. just did that that day on set, mm-hmm. and it was like, oh my god. Yeah, they John just have, Cena like genuinely saving people they on just the film. Have the cameras rolling. <laughs> um, no, I think Han is a clone made by the same company that made the Super Soldiers. Because oh, they're gonna try and weave what, what in is, that universe what is it, now. Ever, Everclear. No, Everly. <laughs> Everclear is the band. <laughs> Oh, also, the, the really high-proof alcohol. <laughs> That's true. Everly is a restaurant in Los Angeles. Yeah, EverQuest is Ever, a video game. Ever After? Uh, as, a, as a bad uh, romance, as a bad dating show. Yeah. Whatever. Evermore? Yeah. That's Everwood? That. No, that, that was, a, that was a, a WB drama back in the day. Uh, whatever it is. <laughs> the one that Idris Elba was part of. Uh, I think they're going to try and weave that into the Fast universe and kind of they're, I think they're going to make that the big bad. Because I think 10... I've been saying this since 6. I think 10's going to be the last one. Do you think they're going to go to space? I want them to go to space. Everyone wants them to go to space. I mean, look. Where else can they go fucking, now? They gave him a brother. Elon Musk launched a car into space. Yes. There is real-world precedence, which, to be fair, this franchise does not need. Could you imagine them just drifting on the side of the space station? Yeah. Yes. I mean, we see in this movie them drive, I'm pretty sure it was a Challenger, off a cliff, and Dom aims it towards a falling <laughs> rope bridge. Oh, he I'm snags so it in the wheel well <laughs> and then swings like Tarzan across a ravine. Yes. We also got uh, our favorite, a truck flip. Over the nose. A, a big truck flip. A big truck flip. But like, this isn't Christopher Nolan like, we're actually going to flip this fucking truck on the middle of Wacker Street in Chicago. This is just a massive CGI truck flip. Yes. Because I guess the massive CGI like nuclear tower fall from the spinoff was too grating for Vin Diesel had up it somehow. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, so I think the story is going to be uh, Charlize Theron... Uh, will be part of that company, or we'll find out she used to be part of that company. Yeah, and she defected and stole the cloning plans, <clears throat> cloned Han. Um, so he's the uh, he can infiltrate the group. Oh, um, and so now it's you have an inside family member in the family. Oh my God. fighting against the family, the family, <laughs> the real family, not the shitty old chair Corona family. Um. Do you think it'll be annoying for everyone around us if I bring an actual like, like physical clicker counter no. in, into the theater to mm-hmm. keep track of how many times they say? Well, I mean, family? I'll bring like I'll bring like my family photo album. <laughs> I, I, like we can all be part of this together. Right? I think I might actually legitimately have to like bring a notepad and pen and just like start doing tally marks over the course of the movie because yes. I'm not gonna be able to keep track of it on on fingers. We already lost count last time. We, we were did. all wrong last time. Uh, were we? Yeah, I think Shane was the closest, but no, we I all was, missed. I was the closest. Oh, you were the, Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, we all we were all off by like three. Yeah, but yes, yeah, so I think we need to actually like. I think we all need to bring tallies with mm-hmm. us this time. Yeah. Fucking. I can't. Wait and you're gonna make me see this. This is what Chris. Makes- Chris, at this point, you're just as excited to see the train wreck as we are. No, you, you can't. No, you you wouldn't be able to live with yourself if you didn't see this movie. You know what I could do instead? You, you can continue to put the blame on me no. because you don't want to admit, you don't want to see yourself in the mirror that you've become. But you're a fast fan. I am absolutely not. You know what I could do instead of seeing this movie? Literally everything else on the planet. I could read a book. No. I could sleep. Maybe go There's for no a books hike. About fast and Furious. That's true. Because no one who reads <laughs> that's true watches Fast and the yeah, Furious. Yeah, the, the Venn diagram of readers and fast uh, fans. The, uh, uh, uh. The Venn diagram. Shut up. Shut up. <laughs> I can chug this pillow too. Of readers and, and fast fans is, is a very small. Very narrow, very narrow sliver. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I think I covered my two minutes. All right. Well, uh, so speaking of family, should we move along to our first episode of Static yes. Shock here? The, uh, the brother-sister act. The what? That's what it's called. The brother-sister act. Which episode did you watch? The next one on DC Universe. It was that and then Static Shack. The brother. The one where like Sharon thinks it's static, Virgil Static. Well. What did you watch? I watched Static Shack and Permafrost. No, you missed one. I did. Let me look it up real quick. <laughs> I got so excited for Static Shack. For, for Static Shack. You just skipped it. I think I just skipped an episode. Hold on. Do you want me to just talk about it without you knowing the episode at all? Uh, let me just read a synopsis really quick. Okay, so the the whole story basically is that Sharon, off of a couple little clues, thinks that Virgil is in fact static. And while this is going on, a couple new bang babies, uh, Boom, the guy who has the speaker in his chest. Oh, I like it. Yeah, I like his design. And then Mirage, who can just project images, basically, mm-hmm. are on a crime spree. And so, But their backstory is, is that uh, they're both orphans. They're brother and sister. Okay, yeah, yeah that's right. Because yeah. um, Mirage isn't as bad? Doesn't he try to like, yeah, separate them? Yeah, so the whole thing is that they're... Their sympathetic backstory is that they lost both their parents. Like, first their mom first, and they're dead shortly after. And now, you know, they went from living in, like, the nice suburbs to living... It's I think it's kind of implied in their, like, grandmother's, like, rundown place. We never actually see the grandmother. But they're they're basically going around stealing mm-hmm. to get money yeah, to yeah, yeah, support yeah. their grandmother in, in some sort of capacity. They don't really explicitly state how. Um, but Mirage doesn't want to do this and boom feels like it's the only way for them to do what they need to do. Mm-hmm. So they're off on this spree, but obviously it's, it's that dynamic is there to, to counter, to play off of the dynamic between Virgil and Sharon, which I, I'm actually kind of bummed you didn't watch this episode because it's, it's actually like, oh, I'll, I'll go back later. Of course you go back later, but it's nice because it's the first time we actually get to spend a lot of time with the two of them. Mm-hmm. So Mr. Hawkins is out of town. So Sharon's like in charge. Um, it's just kind of all about like their dynamic, but it's the first time we actually see them kind of being like warm towards each other. And as soon as Sharon finds out, or as soon as she suspects that Virgil's static, like all of a sudden she's now super nice to him, which is kind of a weird thing. It's like, I don't know if that's her having like respect for what he's doing or just that she already likes static. So she's happy that they're one and the same maybe, but she starts doing these nice things. Like 
taking him to a basketball game and like taking him to all this sort of stuff and being super sweet and super friendly. You're kind of wondering like, well, why can't you just do that all the time? Because Static is famous and Virgil is not. Well, <laughs> and when you're around famous people, you instantly become a different person. There is that. Uh, but I mean, yeah, this episode is good too because it shows that at this point now, everyone really loves Static. Like after um, Boom and Mirage uh, attack the Taj Mahal Club, which is amazing, ex- exactly what you think it is. Uh, he Static floats up and he starts talking to like the chief of police, whatever, like they're like kind of buds and they have not quite the same Batman Gordon dynamic, but you know, they have a respect for each other and mm-hmm. the chiefs. Well, if you would have watched the episode that I watched, the episode we weren't <laughs> supposed to watch, yep. you mean, uh, you would have learned that, uh, it has now been a year since, um, oh, okay. The big bang. Oh, okay. Well, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're kind of in that like Spider-Man realm of like some people are nice to him and some people still see him as a menace. Yeah. But like most people seem to like him. Like the cops are usually pretty cool with him. The news crews love him. They always want to interview him. Like, oh my God, it's static. Okay. Woo, let's talk to static. Just like that? Just like that. Mm-hmm. Professional newscasters. Yeah. I, I can hear it. Lose their shit every time they see him. It's, it's uh, a real, it's I mean, a great, like Lois impersonation. He is the there. only hero in that city that's true literally every other bang baby is either a bad guy or problematic Mm -hmm. in some sort of capacity it 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 kind of makes sense because it was a gang war that was happening well there's that but then but i mean other also like other people just randomly are getting powers like even these two apparently like walk through a puddle of like liquefied bang baby juice great I, I, I immediately regret saying that phrase. Um, well, I mean, we, we meet a few other people later. Like, there's a couple of his classmates that get powers, <clears throat> and they're all also bad. We do have one. There's there's one glimmer of hope that we'll see in s- the end of this season or the beginning of season three. Well, like, Rubber uh, Band Man has a bit of a turn. Yeah, I mean, there, there's a new character, though. Shebang. <gasps> oh! Mm-hmm. I vaguely recall. Also very purple costume. Uh, well, I mean, all purple the- onesie with a light purple bandana. <laughs> Oh, okay. I mm-hmm. I, I kind of remember Shebang. Yeah, it's a great name. It is. Yeah, that's like followed by her sister. She move. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> Thank you. I was trying see, to remember the, the rest of the lyrics see, in my see, head. <laughs> I I support you when you make dumb jokes. Yeah, because you appreciate dumb jokes. <laughs> I wither inside when I make these jokes <laughs> for your uh, for your approval and your entertainment. <laughs> I wouldn't have it in the. I want to be liked so badly <laughs> that I'm willing to sell myself. We already knew that, though, didn't yes. we? Yeah, that, that's nothing new for anybody. You don't actually go to Disneyland. You just walk the streets. Uh, yeah, I just go and pick up trash, hoping someone will be like, thank you. No, 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 Cameron. Cameron, you're the trash. You're waiting for someone to pick up. That's true. You're right. <laughs> Cameron Dexter, common street walker of Disneyland. Yeah, I just don't want to look at that. I don't want to see that mirror, that reflection of myself. But then you're going to find yourself some nice Disney sugar daddy. Oh, man. And you're going to walk into the, the, main, the main street store. You're going to walk into World of Disney carrying a bunch of bags and just look at someone and go, mistake, big mistake, <laughs> and turn around and walk away. Yeah. I'll have my, my pretty women moment. God damn it. Uh, but yours wouldn't be done to the actual pretty woman. It'd be done to why should I worry from Oliver and company. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Uh, oh, we also know from the episode that I watched and you didn't. Uh, 
Why are we talking about that episode? Because I'm reading the synopsis. We're no Cameron. We're talking about the episode that I watched and you didn't. Yeah, that no, you no, watched no. and I did. But it was it was the two there was the two like side <laughs> facts of one of like it's been a year and two uh, we know based off of time and date uh, that this is happening in two th- in the year two thousand right now. Okay. The show takes place in 2000. Which is interesting. Very interesting. Because uh, in this episode, the one that I watched and you didn't. Okay, not the yes. one that you watched and I didn't. <laughs> but in that episode, uh, Virgil says a phrase early on. It's like, oh, that's so Y2K. And Sharon's like, what? It's like, oh, that's so last year. Like, no one cares anymore. Mm-hmm. Which means that this show would have been set in 2001. Yes. Help us, Maddie. <laughs> we need to figure this out. <laughs> the... The reason it would be 2000 is they have a, a line about um, one of Virgil's friends, Omar. Is th- it's the holiday episode. Yeah. The one that I watched and you didn't. Um, <laughs> not the one that you watched and I didn't. Right. Uh, his friend Omar is throwing a Ramadan f- uh, party okay. around Christmas. And that doesn't make sense. Uh, but then I did research in Ramadan. Uh, the uh, what, what calendar is that? Is that the... I don't know to be honest. Um, the The calendar for Ramadan is two weeks shorter than the Gregorian calendar, mm-hmm. so their holidays always move around. So in the year two thousand, Ramadan would have fallen on December twenty eighth, which oh, makes okay. sense for a Christmas themed episode. Well done, Cameron. Yes, I, I, which happened is sorry, which 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 was in two thousand, and in two thousand one, it was it was uh, like before Christmas. It was like. Like December 12th or something. Can I just point out something real quick? The amount of research I put in the The amount of episode. research you did into an episode we're not even talking but about. But we will talk about it eventually. <laughs> so, but, you know... Oh, the Islam calendar. I'm, I apologize. Okay. The, the Islam calendar is two weeks shorter than the Gregorian calendar. So in 2000, uh, Ramadan would have fallen on December 27th. Thank you very much, Cameron, yes. for your, your wise insights that we don't need right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in but Y2K, man. But so in the, so last year, the episode we're here to talk about, the one I watched and you didn't, not the one that I watched and you did. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Uh, so, but yes, Mirage is uh, not as keen on doing all the this, this sort of robbery shenanigans here. Um, and I'm gonna be honest, I watched this late last night and I don't remember all of it. Well, honestly, it sounds almost exactly like the episode with. Um, the what is it the cousins where the the younger cousin can make things oh make figments and, yeah and then the older cousin was like was it his cousin or his brother brother it was the older brother step brother that that's it yeah yeah step brother um was one of those like hey let's use your powers for bad he yeah says, no well, and the funny thing too is that the the person who is disinterested in being a criminal has the same power set essentially mm-hmm. yeah that's their workaround for not having heroes is you have. The good guys just not have helpful powers. Yeah, like reluctant <laughs> villains. So, but basically what ends up happening is that Mirage essentially ends up helping Static capture Boom because she realizes like he's causing more problems than he saves. But I, I think the more interesting part of the story is the the aspect of Sharon thinking that Virgil Static. And, and one of the reasons she does that is because she sees when Static is interviewed over newscast, he refers to a bang baby as being so Y2K. She's like, Oh, oh, that's what Virgil says. And then she follows him into like their neighborhood and he disappears like, oh, wait, I wonder if he went to her house. And then, of course, as must always happen, the solution to the wait, 
you aren't you the same person thing is that Mirage projects mm-hmm. an image of static flying through the sky to like trip Sharon up. Now, my question for you is, would it really be that big of a deal if Sharon knew that Virgil was static? No. And you know why I say that? Because that happens in the next episode. That happens to Danny Phantom. <laughs> That's right. The Let's sister... continue the story <laughs> of, how, of how Butch Hartman just stole every episode of Static to make Danny Phantom. Because the sister eventually finds out, right? Yes. Uh, Jazz. Right? Yeah. yeah. That's his sister. Yeah. Um, is also a ghost, ghost hunter along with her parents. It believes that Danny is a ghost and does everything she can to try and prove it. And that, so they have an episode where Danny has... Is it what is it another ghost that can turn into I think I, so like this cuz when I was watching this episode I'm like I've seen this resolution of this story before mm-hmm. and I feel like it was from Danny Phantom I think it yeah so there's there's definitely an episode of Danny Phantom where Jazz um thinks he's the ghost and they do something to prove that he's not the ghost but then later on in the series she joins the team like yeah. they they tell her straight up and like and don't tell me if I'm right or wrong on this, but well, I, I will tell you if you're wrong. On this. Well, because it, it would be a spoiler for what oh, happens in the okay. rest of the series. But I seem to recall something similar happening with this, but I might be just thinking of Danny Phantom. But okay. I guess we'll find out eventually. But yeah, I don't feel like it'll be that big of a deal if Sharon found out. Like, so from one perspective, you could think, okay, like the, the reason Virgil wouldn't want her to know is that he wouldn't want her trying to stop him from being a hero, mm-hmm. right? Which I feel like that's a pretty valid reason. I think Peter Parker is kind of a similar thing with Aunt May. It's like, oh, like the, you know, she's already lost Uncle Ben. The, like it would be such a, a, a huge weight on her shoulders if she knew I was out there doing this and she could lose me. There's something similar to be said here of like they've already lost the mom. So like the burden that would put on the dad and on Sharon. But they both also show a lot of support for Static, especially Sharon, who like actually likes him. And when she finds out that, or when she suspects that Virgil is Static, she's even more supportive and more welcoming and more excited about it. And he, Virgil sees that happening. So as I'm watching this, I'm like, why not just be honest with her? I don't really see what he gains by hiding that from her. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there's that aspect in, I'm, I'm solely basing this off of Danny Phantom. The, one of the big positives, positives that come out of it is when you have someone that close on the inside, um, it makes it easier for, like, excuses. Yeah. So in Danny Phantom, like, whenever Danny goes missing, Jazz always has, like, the good excuse for the parents. Like, oh, Danny has to go do this thing. He'll be right back. Um, and so it's coming from, like, the trusted sibling and not the... Uh, not the the rambunctious one. The suspicious one? Yes, that's the better word. Yeah. Um, but then on the flip side of that, when Jazz joined the team for the first episode, she kind of, since she's the older sister, she took the lead, and Danny didn't like that, where she wanted to be, like, in charge of everyone. Yeah. But she didn't have the same, like, knowledge base or skill set that they all had. You know, they'd been doing this for months at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, where she came in, and was like, oh, you have to be over there and do this. Oh, Danny, you have to do this. And she's like, no, you... You don't get to come in and take charge. Like, excuse the older sister doesn't mean you have. You're not the boss. Yeah, you don't have the boss, or you don't have to take responsibility if things go bad. Oh yeah, there's that too. Mm-hmm. And so I think that that's kind of the the neg- the more negative side of it is, and also you know just the generic superhero logic of the more people that know the the harder it is to keep it a secret. There's that. Yes, I mean I, I suppose it makes even sense. though she already knows Rubber Band Man's identity and has not. Spoil that for anyone. Yeah, she kept that a secret, too. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I mean, I feel like he he could have probably just 
told her, but I mean, they had a very specific story they were telling. And as we've discussed, it happens a lot. It does. <laughs> I we need I need to make I need to think of a name for our segment of Butch Hartman just stole this from Static. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll let you ponder on that a little yes. bit. Uh, I mean, normally I'd ask you at this point if you had any other thoughts or notes on this episode, but since you, I will next week, <laughs> since you didn't watch it, yeah, yeah, it's true. You'll watch it next week, and then the whole cycle repeats. So, but it, even as it is, obviously, like the the big thing we're here to talk about, of course, is Static Shack. Static Shack. I, I want to make an apology to you and to the listeners. I've been hyping this episode up for a long time since since we started the podcast. I've been excited to talk about this episode. Yes, you have. And, and it's, it's not a good episode. <laughs> not particularly. It's not great. a good episode. And I, I, I actually I'm very think, sorry. I actually think that the commercial break interstitials they were so good are better than the actual <laughs> episode itself, which is probably why you have created this Mandela effect thing yeah. about thinking that Static and Shaq had several episodes together when they in fact well because there's multiple one. basketball episodes. Yes, and I always just assumed Shaq was in those other because there's two, I believe, two more episodes with other NBA players. Yeah. Um. And I always just assumed Shaq was also in those episodes. Nope. Um, no, it's it's just this one, and it it really it really breaks my heart to say it's it's not a good episode. It's this pretty... might be the worst episode of season two so far. Season two has been pretty solid. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, we've also watched four. Well, we've each watched four, just <laughs> yeah. not the same four. Uh, the next episode is my favorite episode so far. You've mentioned that episode before because I saw what it was. Mm-hmm. I remember that one being particularly good. So uh, this one. It's it's a little flat. I mean, it is. I mean, the, the whole hook of it is that uh, Shaq wants to play basketball, but he's too busy. There's that. But was I mean, there another story going on? I mean, the, like, but the whole setup of the situation is that uh, Shaq knew Mr. Hawkins from like way back in the day. Like, Mr. Hawkins was his like guidance counselor, camp counselor, like that, some sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, his, so, his basketball camp counselor. Yes, they've been, they've been friends for, for many, many years. Because I, too, am friends with my high school basketball camp counselors. Yes. Well, I mean, it's Mr. Hawkins. Everyone loves That's him. That's true. It Everyone is Mr. Hawkins. Um, but somehow he never mentioned this ever to Virgil or Sharon. But I can kind of see that. Yeah, he's a very stoic man. He's a very stoic. He's a very humble man. He's not one to brag about yeah. people he's taught. Yeah, he wouldn't be like watching a basketball game like, Shaq's a friend of mine. Like, also, oh yeah, I taught him he, that move. He probably said that at one point, and Virgil was just like, yeah. yeah shut up, Pops. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, but so he's in town, Dakota City, for like some event or something like that. And so he like stops by and he's gonna do like a, a community um like basketball camp thing, which we never actually see. No. Never he's actually too busy. Because he's too busy because he has um, Who is the real villain of this? Uh, well, it's, Hyde it's Tracy or the Publis. Tracy. <laughs> Tracy the Publicist. He's constantly whisking him around from thing to thing, making him do his job. Uh, also, I like. I mean, this is definitely a characterization, but I have met people who are publicists who are very similar to oh, this. Oh yeah, who are absolutely kind of like just like this. I love that she even has the headset that she's always on all the time. Mm-hmm. It's like answers. Oh hi. Yeah. Oh yeah. The voice. Ugh. Yeah. I hate when people turn that voice on. I've been part of uh, a few more conference calls this uh, these past few weeks for work, and I hear it when my coworkers turn it on. Yeah, I'm like, come on, guys! It's exclusive to how now I'm going to talk to you. Hi, Cameron. Uh, how have you been? I mean, oh but the God. thing is, that's just a Disney voice. Like that's like that. I turn it on when I go to Disney, and I know I do, and I hate myself for it. With like your your Disney people? Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. I turn it on. Really? Yeah. It goes. It just gets higher and higher. Yeah, I get an octave up. Yeah. Should we go on Nemo? Never Nemo. Never Nemo. 
<laughs> Never Nemo. Um, no, Tracy's the real villain here because like Shaq basically says, "Hey, like Virgil, want to play basketball?" And Virgil's response is my reference of the week. He says, "Oh yeah, can Mariah sing?" Yeah, like, "Oh yeah, this is classic." Um, but they can't ever find time to play basketball. Yes, not because only- Tracy keeps making him do his job. Yeah, exactly. And on top of that, uh, the Rough Pack is trying to track down Static because they tore off a piece of his costume, and they're having ferret yeah so so this is the actual introduction of the two people we've already seen from last week uh we meet hyde who is just a gross man he's got a weird like what is that when like your feet are angled in oh yeah i don't i don't know the word for it but, but he's like it's yeah. like horrific it's really mm-hmm. funky looking. well there's one shot where it's like a close-up on his face it's grotesque and i pause i'm like please never do this again uh did you happen to catch who voices i didn't it's tone loke Who's that? Uh, he was the cop in Surf Ninjas. Amazing. Oh, <laughs> God damn it. I mean, he's got a great, great voice. Yeah. Um, for those of you who have not seen the 90s classic. You don't have to. Surf Ninjas. You I don't did, have I did to. bring up his, uh, his IMDb, so oh, I could God. throw out a few other ones here. Uh, he also, he is in The Adventures of Ford Fairlane, another very obscure movie featuring Andrew Dice Clay that is hilarious, but horrifically chauvinistic uh he was in fern gully the last rainforest okay as the voice of goana he was in of course surf ninjas uh he was the detective in the first ace ventura okay he played oh yep yeah juice in the classic film blank check who's you- juice he was, I think, one of the... Um, the goons? I think he was one of the goons, yeah. I mean, I, I would expect someone named Juice is probably a goon. Yeah. Um, Are you about to ask if I've seen Blank Check? Yeah. I fucking love Blank Check. Are uh, yeah. you kidding me? That's Blank such Check a was good great. movie. Yeah. I mean, the best part about it is you go back and think like, oh, he bought all of that with just a million dollars? Yeah. My God. Yeah, that that mansion alone yeah. is like six million. I'm pretty sure that's... Minimum. In, I'm pretty sure it's set in LA, right? Probably. Yeah, and that movie, wait. Like 95, 96? Came out in 94. Oh, damn it. I mean, that house still would have been worth more than a million dollars, yeah. though. But I guess if it, if he did a down payment and a mortgage. But no, like, <laughs> but hang on. No, he must have paid in cash. Because yeah, he, did, he, he, he didn't have, he, cash, he has yeah. no credit to prove. He would need, like, actual credit to do a mortgage. So, yeah, he paid in cash. He shouldn't mm-hmm. have had anything left over after that. Right. But, I mean, yeah, all that money goes. Um, oh, he was in Heat. Uh, he was in Spy Hard. He oh, he was in Titan A.E. Oh, cool. Yeah, he was one of the voices there. I kind of remember that actually. And then of course, uh, Static Shock and a, and a few other things beyond that. But there you go, guys. If you wanted to brush up your your tone loke filmography, great. This is a good stopping point. Uh, I also have great news for people who also find Hyde disgusting. Uh, we never see him again. Never see him again. Yes, like. It's very refreshing for me. It, it is. Because he's gross. He is really, really gross. Um, I'm glad we don't see any more of him. I, I like Ferret. I like Kangor. They're both fun. Mm-hmm. Kangor's got a great theme song, too. He does. It, it, it almost borders on racist. <laughs> yeah, it, it is a little bit it, like... It's, it's definitely that... What's the, what was the song from the late 90s that had that same like riff? I have no... It's idea whatsoever but i mean it, it it's there's like kind of a rostafarian it's very rostafarian yeah ask element to it it, it, it kind of sounds like someone imitating that style rather mm-hmm. than maybe necessarily doing it sincerely but it it's definitely catchy 
Um, that would be the widest thing I've ever said in my entire life. It's definitely catchy. Uh, I got a pretty hip beat, if you ask me. <laughs> you know, it's something I can wiggle my finger to. Something you can dance to, yeah. I mean, yeah. by dance, I mean just like stand in one place and like shake one limb. Uh, but so yeah, it's got these like two stories of basically they're constantly on the run. Tracy's taking them places. Ferret is sniffing out uh, Virgil everywhere they go, and of course, uh, Shaq eventually figures out that they're hunting him down because he is static. Uh, and then there's a fantastic final fight of all of them in the old community center. Mm-hmm. And I particularly love the setup whereby uh, Hyde chucks a hockey goalie at them and misses, but gets embedded in the wall, net open side up. Yep. And you're like, oh, <clears throat> I know exactly. Oh, is that a basketball hoop? Where this is going. <laughs> Because then Static throws a bunch of weights at Hyde and then wraps them around him and then dribbles him on a trampoline and dunks him in the hockey hoop. It's such an amazing sequence. It's it's so blatantly but also beautifully yes. set up. I also really appreciate that uh, we have four, mm, three superpowered beings, one ferret, all fighting each other, and then Shaq is just like, "Oh, I'm big and tall too." Yeah, and it's like is equal to the Bang Babies. Yeah, because he takes out Kangor. Yeah, with some really fantastic, like acrobatics that mm-hmm. I would not have expected from someone of his. Oh, he, he's he's got that. His, that. That was real. His size. Yeah, so they just put a mocap suit on him yeah. in in the early 2000s. <laughs> the very earliest re- elements of mocap we've ever yeah. seen. Uh, I mean, it's it's <clears> kind of <throat> like like overall, it's kind of dumb. I think. As oh, happens, what, what I think is the the big thing you skipped over is his heart to heart with Shaq, Virgil's heart to heart, where Shaq. Oh, by talking about a double how, life. Yeah, Shaq is his superhero identity, and Shaquille is his real personality. Yeah, and he has to find the balance. The balance, Virgil. <laughs> I know you're static. <laughs> balance, like balancing this basketball on my fingertip. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it's. Uh, look, it's it's kind of dumb. It's very dumb. Like, this episode was... Uh, I mean, it, it, it broke my heart a little bit yeah. of how bad this episode was. I mean, Static structurally very much leans into this, this idea of having the bulk of the episode really centered around a character story and then overlaying a oftentimes less than stellar like villain plot and villain character on top of it. Mm-hmm. And I think... Oftentimes, I can work well if the the character driven story is actually something really interesting, and I I think even um, brother sister act the episode I watched and you did another episode you watched and I didn't oh great uh, has an element of that too. It's like the villain plot isn't great, but I like the dynamics happening here. <clears throat> based on the episode that you watched and I didn't, I think it would be interesting if if those two stories had combined, where you have both the hero and the villain trying to find Virgil's identity. Are you? The thing is, Cameron, mm-hmm. there's a lot of story that would have to happen there. Are you are you suggesting a two-parter? A two-parter? I am <laughs> suggesting a two-parter. You just want a two-part episode with Shaq. One no, no, episode no, I'm, wasn't I'm saying, enough. No, I'm saying you you cut Shaq. Oh, God, that hurt me to say. You cut Shaq. How, how, how dare you, sir? I'm saying you take the villain plot of Static Shaq and the hero plot of, or the family plot of Brother Sister Brother, Act. Sister Act. And you have that be the same episode, or you have <clears throat> Sharon following certain trails, while you have the rough pack 
following other trails mm. and kind of all coming to the same spot at the same time where Virgil's kind of stuck in the middle of like, I have to keep this identity safe here, yeah, but I also have to keep Sharon safe because now she's too close to these guys. And that could be super interesting. It could be interesting. Also, I just realized that I think that episode title comes from the movie Sister Act. Yes. I think it's a pun on that. Mm-hmm. Didn't realize it till just now. Uh, that's, you know, that's surprising too because I'm usually in the habit of picking up that sort of thing. You are. Uh, just, just like Static Shack is just a playoff You're just going to go right past that? I am. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> um, but, um, okay, so I do have a question for you though. Okay. So over the course of the episode... Shaq finds out the Virgil is static. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's irresponsible of him not to tell Mr. Hawkins, who is a good family friend of his, that his son is every single day out there putting his life in danger? Well, I, I think he doesn't have time because Tracy just keeps just him away. whisks away before he can do anything yeah. about it. He, he probably tries multiple times. And <laughs> Tracy's like, hey, Shaq, baby, we got to We got to We got to We got to go. We got to hit the road. You have seven more meetings in 26 cities. Wait a minute. What if? Tracy is the big bad of this season. What she if she is you've, the you've already, Edwin Alva of season two of Static Shock? You've already cracked the code. God damn. Mm-hmm. Because Shaq accidentally slips it to Tracy. Mm-hmm. So now Tracy knows the identity. Can we use a different phrasing on nope. that? <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, continue, please. <laughs> uh, so now Tracy knows. Yeah. Uh, and so she's going to try and play publicist to static mm-hmm. and use that as blackmail against him. Okay. Uh, where she's going to force him into um, public situations to net her profit. Okay. Um, and she's also on the side, like going around and encouraging bang babies to have to go out there and cause havoc. She probably murdered boom and Mirage's parents. Yep. Just to try and get yet another Bang Baby villain. Actually, this is ultimately what it comes down to. She's the one that made me watch the wrong episode. <laughs> she's, yeah, she's the one that made you watch the wrong episode. And she's the she's one that's the... turning all the Bang Babies bad. Mm-hmm. She sees the potential from Static. Like, okay, we have one hero, but we need a lot of villains to make this work. So yeah. every other Bang he, Baby he she comes He always has to be in the public eye. News is moving really fast in 2000, 2001. We've yeah. got a lot of shit going on. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's the beginning of the internet era. Yes. The dot-com boom is about to bust. Uh, or did, or just busted. Or just, I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember when that happened we either. Children. Um, and she's like, we need, we need a figure that's always in the public light. Uh, static. If, if you, you know, if you're not doing something at least once a week, people are going to forget about you. That Superman fellow, he's got like 36 villains. Yeah. And Batman, my God, he's got an entire <laughs> asylum full of them. Yes. He had to step up they your have game. a full villainous calendar set up. Very definitely created by Calendar Man. Yes. Uh, yeah. I mean, like this. this I ep- do want. Oh, I. I really want that comic now, where you have all of the villains in Arkham and Calendar Man holding a meeting of like, it's too chaotic in Gotham right now. So I'm going to organize everything here, uh, and people are just like fighting over which days they get. Mm-hmm. And it's like I demand every. I. I demand every other Thursday. Um. He's like, well, I, you know, I need Thursday because you know I have kids and they they have soccer practice on, on Tuesdays and Wednesdays, and then I have I'm responsible for them on weekends. Mm-hmm. And so Thursday's the only day that I'm good, for villainy. It's like, is there some kind of compromise we can make here? Do you think they uh, they settle it with a wheel? They just spin a wheel with days on of the week, and like, okay, and Joker gets Tuesday. Oh, absolutely. Well, that's how it starts. 
Yeah, and then, the, but then the Joker murders the person who spun the wheel. And like, and Joker mm-hmm. now gets. Saturdays? Saturdays! Saturday, yeah. He wants Saturdays. Yes. Yeah. Well, I, I just want the, the compromising aspect of the villains. <laughs> I mean, did we ever talk about the idea that there should be a villain publicist? We've talked about we like... We have talked about a villain publicist. Okay. We've talked we, about the, the publicist, the costume designer, and the, the, the layer. The layer creator, uh, yes. The, the, realist, the villainous real estate agent. God, what a what a beautiful, beautiful thing to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Should write those comics at some point. If only uh, we had the, the skill. Yeah, but we definitely don't. Now, did you you also watch the interstitials? I did. Right, yeah, because you sent those to me, and I, yeah. I watched those this we'll, morning. We'll publish those on. on well, I'll put um, in the show notes. Yeah, I'll, I'll put them up on on the, our Instagram story. Okay, as well. great. Um, they're fun. They're they're, they're, really, they're really hokey. They definitely pull from the 1960s Batman TV show, which I really enjoy. Mm-hmm. But it's they're just like they're kind of like fun and goofy and charming. It's definitely, they had Shaq for 15 minutes. Yeah, <laughs> and they got to cram in. All of their one second shots. Yeah. It's like he, uh, uh, yeah, he has flying lessons. He uh, shoots a basket, shoots a basket. He gets hit with bang baby gas and grows super tall. He gets then shrunk down to baby size again. They fix that. Then he has like uh, electric powers and he ends it by just going off and being his own superhero. Exactly. It, they honestly were like pretty fun. I, we talked about this last episode too, that they just don't do stuff like that anymore. They're sort of like, like they're actually going to take time to, Probably not animate because they clearly just like pulled things from other episodes. Oh yeah, the the uh, like the, the, the lip sync was very very odd. bad. But like they went to the effort of actually producing, you know, it was what eight minutes total of yeah. content to just slip into commercials. Well, I mean, if we're talking full content, because there was it's like it's there were thirty second bumps, uh, and the first ten seconds is the same for yeah. all of them, and then the last five you've seconds seen the him in the movies, yeah. you've seen him on the court. Now he's a superhero. Static uh, Shack. Yeah, it's so good. Um, yeah, so they, they, they probably had 10 minutes of footage of Shaq. Yeah. Uh, that's all they had to work with. But I mean, he, <laughs> they did a good job with he, it. They do a good job, and he looks like he's having a lot of fun with it. Yeah. Which is what makes it great. And like, I didn't realize that um, these were all like lead ups to the actual episode. Mm-hmm. Like at the very end of the last one, like, oh yeah, I'm like, you know, it's tune in next month when Jack actually appears on an episode. So clearly these were the promos they were putting out around the beginning of this season. Like around yeah. the time they would, they probably did a bunch of um, Batman promos leading up to that first I, I episode. I was trying really hard to find them. I don't, I couldn't maybe find they, any. Maybe they didn't do it then. No, they must have because Kids WB was, Kids WB was so good at like cross promotion yeah so because might- there was another thing i forgot about this in static shack tracy says jinkies that's not allowed does she she does but i mean it's like and so that makes me think jinkies is trademarked uh it should be um i i i didn't check uh but i'm curious if what's new scooby-doo came out around this time if it's the same voice actress as daphne or velma Oh, I mean, I can look that up pretty quickly, actually, because I have the um, the wiki open here. Uh, Karen Parsons is the voice of Tracy Flackman, um, and she only appears in this episode. But based off her Wikipedia, let's see what else she's done. Um, uh, nope, she did nothing between <laughs> uh, Static Shock and 2019's Fly. Yeah, it looks like she mostly does uh, more live-action work. So, no, she wasn't. Mm-hmm. But okay. No. There you go. Interesting. Just having that DC crossover. Oh, she was in an episode of uh, Fresh Prince. Oh, there you go. Oh, 
she's Hillary. <laughs> Fresh. She was in an episode. She's the sister. Oh, okay. Oh, shit. Yeah. That's pretty crazy. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, the episode was kind of dumb, but I love that they did this in general just to be able to do, like, the, the fun interstitials and yeah. stuff like and, that. Yeah, and, and this is a thing that happens every night because we know we have Bow Wow coming up soon. That's true, yeah. We have... Um, Isn't it Little Romeo? Romeo, sorry. Romeo coming yeah. up soon. I was still in fast, fast and Furious mindset. How dare you? Uh, well, Romeo coming up soon. We have the the rest of the NBA coming in. We have Yao Ming coming in. Um, Steve Nash. Steve Nash. Yep, my boy. Yep. My 13 is my favorite number. Great. Because he went to your college. Yes. Right. Yes. He played for my team. Great. Temporarily. Great. They went back to the fucking Suns. How dare he? Yes. Um. And I, I feel like we have a couple more of just like the the weird cameos coming in. The, I mean, this show does a lot of cameos, which is pretty fun. Mm-hmm. And they, they do good jobs with them. Yeah, they're they're always done really well. Yeah, we get some more Batman. I think we get mm-hmm. some Green Lantern at some point. Yeah, we have yeah, the Justice League coming in. Justice coming in. Yeah, um, we have Anansi coming in. It's one of my favorites. We have who? Anansi is uh, is an African superhero. Oh, is that when he goes when Virgil goes to Africa? Yeah, and he's like the the spider. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, so Anansi is based off the the real African folklore of like the spider god. That's awesome. Yeah, God, this show's great. It's so good. Even though you hate it, but Hartman, stop stealing. <laughs> <this episode. laughs> Even though you hate this episode, it's so good. Uh, anything else, or should we move along here? Uh, I think that's everything I have. All right. Well, why don't we move along to uh, some notes from friends here? Great. So obviously, in our last we did. <laughs> I forgot about this. In our, in our last episode, we had a, a, a spirited debate mm-hmm. about what is Will Smith's most famous role: Independence Day. Yes, outside of Fresh Prince. Outside of Fresh Prince. Uh, Independence Day or Hitch? Mm-hmm. And the answer was... Neither. Neither. It was absolutely... <laughs> Men in Black. Men in Black. <laughs> um, that's what everyone I asked said. Uh, also, that is what uh, Maddie and Ashley and then also Watchtower Database, they all wrote to us to say that it's definitely Men in Black. Yep. Uh, yes, I believe my friend Trey also wrote in and said... Uh, he, he His vote was for Men in Black, but he's also seen Independence Day more than Hitch. Yes. Uh, which, duh. Yeah. But uh, but it, it, you had an interesting theory though that what you choose had to do with who you hung out with, yes, right? Yes. So it comes up on it comes from more of a a social not social, yeah, so social kind of background. Yes. Of I think if you have more male centered friends, you've probably you probably put Independence Day higher on your list. Independence Day slash Men in Black higher on your list. Uh, but if you have more female centered friends, like I did growing up you would put Hitch higher up on your list because... Uh, it's a rom-com. Yes, as the stereotype uh, pursues, yes. only, girls only talk about rom-coms. Yes. I'm not going to say anything. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you keep keep talking here. Mm-hmm. Dig yourself deeper, by all means. But please no, I'm, I'm, no the, the shovel hasn't even touched the dirt yet. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, but yeah, I think the, the real definitive answer there is probably Men in Black, which yes. makes sense because he's done... Three Men in Black movies and one Independence Day movie. Mm-hmm. And one Hitch movie. And one Hitch movie. Yes. So we probably should have maybe seen that coming yeah. ahead of time. It's like saying Tommy Lee Jones' most famous role is Man in the House. Yeah. <laughs> or Man of the House, excuse me. Uh, Definitively. Yeah, that in contrast to his role as the U.S. Marshal of both the Fugitive <laughs> and the U.S. Marshals. Yep. <laughs> but enough about franchise talk. Um, Franchise part two. Here we go. We're going again. 
Uh, but no, we, we also, uh, we did have a question. So this is a question we've been holding on to for a while from, uh, from Benjamin David of the, um, above and Batman beyond podcast. Mm-hmm. And he was asking like what our thoughts are on the DC TV universe in general. So we were holding on to this until after we had both finished watching crisis on infinite earth. And by that, I mean, uh, I finished watching crisis and, and you, I gave up and you gave up not without good reason. It was bad. It was pretty bad. Mm-hmm. Um, I so I, I did watch all five episodes. It it didn't work for me on a few levels. You mentioned they we're gonna go into spoilers for people yeah, who haven't so watched spoilers it. for uh, the the five part crossover yes, event. But also save your time. Yeah, uh, you, you said it. It, it kind of has some like Captain Planet bullshit in the middle of that. Yeah. So what like, kind of the big thing that happens is so the 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 brief plot synopsis of this is that the uh the anti-monitor is going around has released this wave of antimatter that is destroying uh universes one by one right so one, one of the cool things about it is over the course of the show we see its effect on various sub-universes so we see like a moment from batman 66 mm-hmm. we uh we have robert wool returning as alexander knox from batman 89 on earth 89 amazing uh, you saw that one i think you, that would have been part of the the first three uh, well, I don't know any of what you just said, so I don't think I noticed. You've seen... The yes, I've seen I've seen Batman 89. So you remember the character of Alexander Knox, who was the reporter who works alongside Vicki Vale? I did not remember that. Okay, that actor is Robert Wool. Okay. So they brought him back to Great. reprise his character sitting on a park bench in what is supposed to be like a continuation of the 1989 universe, and he sees like the antimatter wave coming. Okay. You know, we saw it take out... Uh, huntress from the birds of, birds of prey, prey universe yeah. so you know one of the cool things is they, they find a way to like kind of squeeze these things in and, and you know and like very superficial but still kind of like fun little ways but this antimatter wave is going through and taking out universes one by one it's like it takes out just the entirety of like supergirl's universe and they basically all end up having to um escape to hide out on the arrows earth which i'm pretty sure is in fact earth one so they're hiding out there, and that's like they have to make their final stand. And so it becomes like whoever's left over from Supergirl, from Team Flash, from Team Arrow, from the Legends of Tomorrow, Batwoman. Um, we get some stuff from Black Lightning, which is kind of fun mm-hmm. to throw in there. So they're all going to have to like go up and fight against the Anti-Monitor. But they're trying to track down the seven Paragons. So it's like the Paragon of like truth and love and humanity and friendship and heart and very all Captain Planet sort of stuff. So... Um, by the end of episode three, everyone has been wiped out mm-hmm. except for these seven, one of whom was supposed to be uh, Brandon Routh's Superman, who is, in fact, still the Christopher Reeve Superman from the original films, yes. as well as but now has Superman gone, Returns. now has turned evil. Uh, well, no, he doesn't actually turn well, evil. He, he was mind manipulated by Lex Luthor, by Supergirl's Lex Luthor. Yes, John Cryer, who I actually hadn't seen his version of Lex Luthor. I like him. I think it's, he does a good fine. job. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's... Distinct. He's no Rosenbaum. He's no Rosenbaum. No, he's no Gene Hackman. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I like him though. I thought he worked pretty well in that role. Um, but he manipulates the Brandon Routh Superman, who's also kind of the Kingdom Come Superman. So this this basically postures or says that uh, the Superman Returns universe would continue to the point where some of the critical events from Kingdom Come happens, namely the death of lois and everyone else the daily planet due to a joker attack right who's not explicitly named but that's heavily implied that's mm-hmm. what happened so now he's wearing the kingdom come suit which looks great i would say best superman suit live action yet interesting on screen i don't know about you uh i'll have to see it again it looks oh, really good it's it. really really good 
Um, I was, I but was too he, busy trying to pull my eyes back from how far back they rolled. That's fair. But so he is supposed to be the paragon of truth that it escapes like the no man's land or whatever, where like time doesn't exist or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but Lex Luthor pulled a little switcheroo and now he's the one left behind. So then they have to find a way to like get back. And ultimately what ends up happening is that Arrow gets killed and becomes Spectre. I love Spectre as a character. A lot of it from, yeah. from Kingdom Come. Mm-hmm. You've read Kingdom Come, right? Yes. Okay. It's the Alex Ross. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, John yeah. It's, mm-hmm. it's great. It's, I think it's one of the best GC comics ever made. But they end up having to like create, basically recreate the universe. And ultimately what ends up happening is a really generic like CGI energy blast fight between the Anti-Monitor Yay. and Oliver as Spectre while the seven Paragons stare up into the sky at a burgeoning universe and just concentrate on it. Mm-hmm. And then that rebirths the whole thing. Real dumb. Mm-hmm. Really, really dumb. So, so going back to the question. Oh, hang on, I'm not done. Oh, you're not done? Okay, please continue. And then, you, have, you have a movie in 30 minutes. Yes, I know. Ooh, boy. Okay. But the, what ends up happening after that is then, like, the final episode is now, like, the universe has been rebirthed, and so now all the different universes are merged into one. So now, like, Supergirl's National City exists in the same Earth as Flash's Central City, as Star City. So it's all kind of bonded together. But, like, overall, it's, it's a nice attempt at trying to do, like, a big crossover event and to be super comic booky, but... It, they don't really ultimately have, like, the budget for it, and it's just kind of a mess. Do you think they should have just named, like, the new universe Vancouver? Yes, they should have. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Earth, Canada. Yes. But I think it's it's not great, but, t- yes, tying back to the original question of what does this mean for, like, the TV in general, because the that episode ends with us getting snapshots of all these different universes. So they, at one point, they show us the Titans universe. At one point, they show us the, the Doom Patrol, which I guess are different universes. Um, which is kind of weird, but I guess it kind of makes sense. No, we see Beast Boy in both. Oh, you mean separate from the Arrowverse? Well, no, but even when they're hopping to different universes, they show they show Earth whatever, and it's the Titans, and they show Earth whatever, and it's Doom Patrol. So they're different Earths. So that doesn't make sense because, but it kind of, but kind of does because unless there is a separate Doom Patrol in the Titans universe, I think that's maybe the, what they're suggesting is that's also why like the the Doom Patrol Titans are just a little bit different than mm-hmm. the ones we see in Titans, but it doesn't really matter. But you know, and for some reason they show the Green Lantern movie. Hell yeah! Like an extended se- sequence Hell of like yeah. wide shots of the, the Green Lantern movie. But you know, the idea is like Still all these waiting for Sinestro Corps, right? All these universes exist out there. They of course show Brandon Routh once again in his Superman suit, but it's like it no longer has the black on the emblem; it's the yellow again. And they do like the classic like Christopher Reeve Superman returns, like kind of almost look at the camera fly off thing. It's beautiful. It's well mm-hmm. done. But I think. It does also highlight the fact that the DC TV stuff is a bit of a mess. There was a, a pretty fun moment in the fourth episode where uh, TV Flash runs into Ezra Miller's movie Flash. And it's actually, oh, it's, shit. It's, it's, it's worth watching that clip alone. It's a pretty fun scene. It was spoiled like immediately. It was like all over the internet as soon as it happened. But it's kind of a fun little moment. But overall, DC TV had a head start, but it's always been a bit messy and a bit disconnected mm-hmm. and i think now that marvel studios has ownership over what's going to happen with marvel tv and it's going to be on disney plus i think they're going to end up very quickly surpassing like the quality of the dc tv stuff but i'm curious what your thought is. i, I agree there, there was a video that i watched uh, the other day um that's talking about something similar to this but with uh with gaming and with nintendo specifically mm-hmm. on how people always <clears throat> um like cheer for Nintendo for being the ones that like pioneer all the new stuff for gaming and they like, yeah. bring in all these new ideas and stuff. But that's not actually what they do 
is they they wait for the other studios to kind of burn their R&D budget, go through all the trials of stuff. And then once they've kind of come close to perfection, Nintendo comes and just like takes it one step beyond that. Okay. Um, which I think is kind of what Marvel is doing with all these stuff is they're letting DC take these big steps and these big leaps of like, let's try all this weird stuff and see what lands and what doesn't. And as they're about to take that final step, Marvel comes in and is like, oh no, now we're going to do it better than you. Yeah. Um, and so I think that has happened. That happened probably in the midst of the Netflix Marvel stuff, I think is when Marvel was on par or slightly a bit better than the yeah, DC I think content. The Netflix shows had a, a definitely a more polished production element mm-hmm. to it. And I think some of it's great. I a think DC is pretty mediocre. Yeah, I think DC is still better with um, the crossover than, than Marvel was. Um, I think that's uh, TV specifically. I don't know. I mean, look, there was a lot of problems with the Defenders. It wasn't necessarily great storytelling, but in terms of like weaving those characters together, I thought I actually did a pretty decent job. Okay. Like the story they were telling was not particularly interesting necessarily, but I, the crossover element didn't feel quite as clunky. Like the, the crossovers I've watched from the Arrowverse, they're ambitious, but they don't have the resources to back up their ambition, I think. Mm-hmm. Whereas okay. I, I feel like at least Netflix had the, the budget to back, the, back it up. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I think DC T on CWDC, um, I feel like I'll, I'll, I'll go back a step. I feel like DC is in this weird crosshair where they have two kind of it feels almost completely separate studios going at this, where you can either go into the kind of more gritty R-rated territory of DC Universe content. We have your Swamp Things, your Titans, and your Doom Patrols. Doom Patrols. Or you can go into the sexy smolders of CW. So much smoldering. So much smoldering. There, there's a great interview with Grant Gustafson from a couple of years ago. Grant I think it was, Gustin. Hmm? Grant Gustin. What did I say? Grant Gustafson. Yeah. Grant yeah, Gustin. that's his Nordic cousin. Yeah. Uh, Grant Gustin, I think from like Comic-Con 2016, probably like a Conan interview, um, where they, they talk about like what actually goes into uh, auditioning for a CW character. And they do talk about like, the smolder is a big part of your interview. Oh, I bet, yeah. Um, which is fucking hilarious. Yeah. Um, I mean, they have a type. They, have they a type. do. They and have a very... CW is is, is very specific type. And, and this is not to, like, discount the talent of the people involved. Like, I think, you know, Stephen Amell, Grant Gustin, Melissa Bedouin, they're all, like, really talented people. Mm-hmm. I didn't say Ruby Rose. But I think some of them are all really talented hey, people. Hey, she is a great runway model. Sure. Uh, yeah, but I, I would agree with that. Like, they're, they definitely have a, like, a type they go for. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I, I think DC is kind of in an interesting spot where I think they want to do more of that crossover. Um, cause who's the, who's the big producer on Greg everything? Berlanti. Yeah. Cause he's, he produces the DC universe stuff as well. Yeah. And so I, I feel like you can feel the, the push of like these two people trying to push these two spheres together and just not quite getting it. And I think that that movement of trying to move parallel towards each other has stopped any movement forward. Oh, that's really interesting. I think that's fair. Wh- they're which... so focused on crossovers, they kind of forget to just live in their own world. And and I think the crossover thing is maybe actually hampering their storytelling a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like, I used to watch Arrow, and it, you know, it was fine. I just kind of tapered off. But if I were someone who only watched Arrow, and if I got to this, and I'm like, oh, because it also basically becomes like a de facto Arrow finale. Yeah. If I were to be like, what the fuck is this? And what does it have to do? Like, it really doesn't serve Oliver well in terms of finale for having like hung an entire show in the universe on him. Mm-hmm. 
it seems like it's not quite there. And and they don't do good. I mean, this is also just me trying to catch myself up. CW doesn't do the justice of recaps. Yeah, I was like, I don't know what the fuck is going on. Like, because they they did Arrow a, has a daughter from the future that's like yeah. fully grown. Like, what is this? They did a CW made their own recap before Elseworld, I believe. No, what was the one before? Before um, the one where it was Supergirl, Flash, and Arrow, like their first big crossover. Yeah, I can't remember what that one was called. Um, they they did their own recap, which was yeah. smart. Put it on, you know, put it on CW, put it on YouTube for people that want to catch up. Cause you're isolating such a big audience if you don't do this. Yeah. Uh, and I know it's, it's gotten kind of out of control now, but you know, your story don't make the fans be the one that have to do these recaps. Cause then you have a 30 minute recap where only six minutes of it actually is necessary to go forward. Yeah. The rest of it is just padding out so they can get more advertisements in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, I know not even, not even just that. I mean, that is an aspect, but no, like the fans don't know, Oh yeah, what to focus on? So they'd have to talk about everything. Yeah, and versus when like, you have that, the exact things you need to know, just be caught up enough to watch this. Yeah, yeah, when you have that, you still have this. It's still a barrier of like you have an audience that wants to watch. Yeah, um, and now you've CW specifically has made a barrier of not kind of letting they they let them in, but they let them in kind of in the middle of a game. Um, so many sports references this time. I'm, I'm super into the sports yeah, right now. You're, you're really keen on it. Mm-hmm. Um, now, okay, so I'm curious. What do you? Which of the two do you think is going to have more legs going forward between CW and DC Universe? Which is going to keep going? Uh, DC, mainly because of HBO Max. Okay, because I, 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 I assume once that comes out, DC Universe will fold into it. And just kind of be its own tab. Yeah, I, I kind of expected the same thing. And also worth noting that despite the companies we work for, which we have not stated explicitly, we do not know what's happening. We do not know. <laughs> I, I always feel the need to like caveat these yes. things. We actually have no insight to this. This is pure speculation mm-hmm. on our part. We do not speak for Hollywood. We speak for ourselves. Exactly. We speak to... for the trees. Yes, the trees. <laughs> Go plant trees. But I, I would agree with that. I think... We speak for Swamp Thing. Exactly, for Swamp Thing. I think... You know, they, they've, like, done a fresh start with CW-verse now in terms of, like, it's all one place. That makes, like, the crossover stuff a little bit easier. The, the show is also kind of a passing of the torch onto uh, Flash and Batwoman and Supergirl and um, Black Lightning to a slightly lesser degree. But I think those shows now are getting burdened by the soap opera element of it. And mm-hmm. I think when Marvel is doing such great crossover work on film and now that they're starting to factor it into the TV universe as well, I think that's all going to be like really tight and really highly produced storytelling. And I think that it's going to make the CW stuff feel like a bygone era a little bit. And I agree with you that I think the DC universe stuff has more legs, but I think they have their own problems too. I mean, you just bad writing. (laughs) Yeah. You really liked doom patrol. I liked a lot of it. It was just too long. And I just kind of got like bored and lost in Mm -hmm. the middle of it. But from what I've heard, the Titans actually somehow got worse. It did, which is really boggling to me. And I watched the first two episodes of swamp thing. It was fine. Yeah. But Harley's great. I saw, I'm still not caught up, but you, you've been praising Harley. It continues to be fantastic. It continues to be like really amazing storytelling. Young Justice is still doing great. Yeah. If if I can encourage you to try and get a little bit caught up by our next episode, because I think we're going to want to be able to talk about Harley Quinn, the animated series as a, alongside Birds of Prey, Prey, which would be interesting. Um, 
Yeah, I agree with you. I think the DC Universe will probably get folded in HBO Max. and Because well, we already know we're getting a Green Lantern series. Yeah, D- that's on, true. On, on Max. And they announced another... It's like it's like Strange Tales or something like that. Yeah. I can't remember. But mm-hmm. um, no, I mean, like, I... I don't know. I'm I'm hopeful. Like recap, like rewatching the crisis stuff made me realize I'm not really missing out on much in terms of watching um, the CW. They do have a new show that I'm a little bit intrigued by. It's so it's going to be Tyler Hoechlin's Superman, who I think is great, mm-hmm. and I cannot remember her name, but the actress who plays Lois. But it's going to be a show centered around the two of them with two like teenage sons, which I think is kind of an interesting okay. idea. Like I've never seen that particular angle done before, so I might be like kind of intrigued by it, but. Mm-hmm. I think if they had said, hey, we're going to spin this off and put it on like HBO Max, I might be a little bit more excited for it. Yeah. So. Because we know the budget will be a little bigger. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. It'd be interesting what happens with uh, DC TV. Yeah. I, I don't think cartoons are really their, their priority. Although it will be interesting what happens with Harley because I think Harley's doing well I, for them, I've, so. I've always stood by the fact that Marvel has always made better movies while DC has always made better better animated content. Yeah, I, and I think that's that's been pretty consistent since the yeah, 90s. Yeah, I, I haven't watched a lot of the Marvel Fucking stuff. Fucking fight me, X-Men fans. Yeah, I mean, well, hang on. We, we both love X-Men Evolution. I think X- yes. X-Men Evolution, I think... You, because it was the, it's the same It's the same creative team. Yeah. yeah, I think that's one you can hold up amongst the best of the, the DCAU. And then I've heard... For like Earth's Mightiest Heroes, apparently it's supposed to be quite. I, good. I watched the first so. season of Mightiest Heroes. I think the second season is supposed to be even better. But yeah, the yeah. first season of Mightiest Heroes was great. Uh, but I think Drake Bell's Spider Man was surprisingly yeah, good. Yeah, I've heard that's good too. I, I I think they have a few like gems throughout there, but they don't have a, a cohesive universe. Yeah, they the don't have the that... DC animated universe. They don't have Teen Titans. They don't yeah. have um, Brave and the Bold, which Brave I and the Bold I continue is to watch fantastic. or Young Justice. Like yeah, Young the, Justice. So I don't know. I'm I'm hoping that maybe that with um, Young Justice doing well for them and with uh, Harley Quinn doing well for them, we might get some more uh, animated stuff. Yeah, know, which would be exciting. Um, but shall we move along to bat plugs here? Because you're right, I have a movie in 15 minutes. Yes, very <laughs> so, very quick bat plugs. Uh, what are you plugging this week, Cameron? Uh, I mentioned this to you last week, but I, I started watching this very bizarre show called Taskmaster. Oh yeah, on, on YouTube. It's it's a British game show where they kind of bring together. Um, a bunch of comedians, British comedians, to partake in f- in uh, five episodes worth of just the strangest challenges. Um, so some like the, the one of the ones that I just watched which was really well done. Is um, the task was each of them individually had to recreate a retro video game in real life, uh, and they had thirty minutes. It's pretty great. So yeah, everything is as like a very intense timer, like Tetris. Uh, yeah, so one girl did Tetris. Uh, one girl got like the staff golf carts, <laughs> like the the set golf carts, yeah. and made Mario Kart. That's fantastic. Uh, one guy, because it's all filmed in England. Yeah. So one guy made fake weapons and made a GTA game. That's fantastic. Uh, what was the best? The best one was uh, oh my god, this guy went to a park and you you can use anything around you. So like you have kind of a uh, a, a stagehand ready. I was like, I need this thing. And they will just bolt off. And in your 30 minutes, they'll come back with whatever props you need. Yeah. Uh, so you have an unlimited budget. So one guy went to the park nearby the set and found a bunch of people playing soccer. And he's like, hey, will you guys reenact Space Invaders for me? And so I got like a crane set up of an overhead shot of a bunch of people walking side to side. like space, And he had like a plastic balls and he was yeah. throwing, it, like, throwing it at them. It was very well That's done. That's fun. That's really fun. Um, yeah, it's a very fun game. It's it's definitely like turn your mind off kind of entertainment. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I ha- I think four seasons are up on YouTube now. 
and I highly recommend it. It's, okay. it's very dumb and very fun. Okay, I'll go check that out. Sounds pretty mm. good. And on the opposite end of the spectrum, you were plugging. Uh, well, two things. Okay. One is Sex Education, which I've been watching. Oh, it's so good. It's really good. How I, far are you now? I, uh, I have one episode left on season one. Okay, okay. But it's it's fantastic. Oh, yeah. It's super so you, fun. So you know the, the bully story. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, got, I got most of his story at this yeah. point. But it's, it's super fun. It's really funny. It's got this amazing, like, it's set in the modern era, but it's got a very 80s aesthetic to it. And the music's very much of that time. And it kind of, like, plays off of some of the the character tropes from teen 80s movies, but it definitely gives it, like, a modern tinge to it. Um, and every character is so likable. Every character is so likable and so interesting. And, like, I mean, it is it is sexy, but not sexualized. Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't feel exploitative in any way. Like, uh, the way I've been describing it is it's brazen in a really delightful way. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very English is part of the reason I love it's it. very, yeah. Um, but, like, everyone... In a very English mood right now. Yeah. Everyone in the show is super fantastic. Um, so, really, genuinely, highly, highly recommend that. I think it's mm-hmm. one of the best things I'm watching right now. Yeah. I, um, I agree. Season two... I, I don't think it's as good as season one, but it's mm-hmm. still so much fun. Yeah. It's, it's just really, really great storytelling. So um, I highly recommend checking that out. Uh, I won't say what it's about because I think even like the well, way... Well, the they, title gives it away. Kind, but not really. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, but like, I think the way they even set up the overall premise is a little bit kind of fun and surprising. So I, I'd rather people just go in not knowing what to expect. But it's mm-hmm. also got Gillian Anderson. Yeah. The great Gillian Anderson, mm-hmm. who is one of the greatest, most attractive, most incredible people yes. ever to the, grace this planet. Uh, the girl that plays Maeve, uh, been, who, is, so who is not related to Margot Robbie, but looks exactly like Margot Robbie. Looks a lot like Margot Robbie. She's really good. Uh, yeah, and Aza Butterfield's the main character. Mm-hmm. And his, um, his best friend, Eric, I think is probably the best character in the yeah. show. Is just fantastic. Um, but so that, and then, yeah, the other thing to plug is 1917, which you have now seen at this point. I have. It's amazing. It's, it is very, very good. Um, if, like I said before, I speculate that it'll win Best Picture because it's, uh, I might be eating my words by the time this comes out, but it's the sort of movie the Academy loves. Like it mm. is, it is like a genuine, like really well-made movie. I mean, it's, it's a big war epic, but, um, the major conceit of it is that it's done in a, a simulated one take essentially. Well, we, we, we talked about it last week on our way to the Super Bowl. Of you have movies that are made to check off boxes. Yeah. This is a movie that was made that happened to also check off boxes. Yeah. I, I have talked before about my my annoyance at the this category of what I refer to as Oscar Bation films. They're mm-hmm. both Oscar Beatty and they're a little bit masturbatory. Yeah, little women. Uh, yeah, even, I mean, even, even little women. I'll, I'll give, I'll that, give that one, yeah, um, yeah. I, I think for me this year, like the Irishman and Marriage Story. Marriage Story. Which I had actually even seen Marriage Story, but to me, right. those those kind of fit that box a little bit of like this feels like it was designed specifically to try and get Oscar attention. Mm-hmm. Um, Nineteen Seventeen. Obviously, it's, it's directed by Sam Mendes, who directed Skyfall, so I have a, a bit of a bias. But also, he directed Road to Perdition, which is kind of his least recognized film, which I think is actually fantastic. So, so he made after American Beauty, and it's really which good. Which one is Road to Perdition? Tom is- Hanks, and actually a really young Tyler Hoechlin before he had his glow up, um, who's Superman. Um, it's really, really good. It, and um, it's Paul Newman. It's young Daniel Craig is in it, too. And it's uh, it's a gangster movie, like 19... 19- okay. Not the movie I was thinking. Of. Like twenties era gangster film, and it's really, really fantastic. But he's a he's a fantastic director, and his fa- his grandfather fought in World War One, and so you want to tell a, a story about these these characters, and it's really good. But it's also like genuinely really entertaining and really suspenseful and fucking beautiful. There there is one sequence, if you've seen the trailer, you'll see it um, at night with these oh, flares man. flying overhead, and it's like yeah. I, I mean my jaw was on the floor. It's one of the most beautiful pieces of cinematography I've seen in years. You talk about Road to Perdition, and you don't mention the Tooch is in it. The Tooch! 
Stanley the Tooch Tucci is probably the, the patron saint of this podcast, Stanley Tucci the Tooch. Uh, but no, I, I was really, really impressed by 1917. I really liked it a lot. Um, mm-hmm. Highly recommend. And of the stuff that is uh, in Oscar contention, I think it's probably the one that is most valuable seeing in a theater. Uh, yeah, I agree. Because it's, it's not one you want to be able to walk away from, one, but two, it is, it is genuinely gorgeous. Roger Deakins is the, the cinematographer on it, and he is one of the greatest living cinematographers ever. So. Before I saw it, I was super on board of, like, I, I want JoJo or I want Once Upon a Time to win. After seeing 1917, I get it. I'm like, okay, yeah, this, this is a, a, an amazing film. It is, yeah. Um, very, very impressive. Um, highly, highly recommend it. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, go uh, go check that out and go yeah. go watch some uh, some Taskmaster. Go watch some Sex Education. Yeah, I I would put Sex Ed maybe above Taskmaster because Sex Ed is just a very good show. It's really good. It's it's really good. Um, definitely worth seeing. But uh, I think that does it for us. This Great, week, Cameron. We did it. Yeah, we did it. So if uh, if you have questions for us, if you mm-hmm. have thoughts about uh, well the Oscars at this point, this mm-hmm. will come out after that. If you have thoughts about who won, and if you're also dismayed at whatever the Joker wins, as yes. I am. If you if you have thoughts on the episode that Chris watched that I didn't? Please yes. send them in. If you have thoughts on the episodes that I watched that Chris didn't, send them please along. send them in because we'll be talking about that next week. Uh, we are at TimTalkBot on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Gmail. Cameron, where can they find you? Uh, if you want to see my art and my hopeful Valentine's Day post that I will be posting on Valentine's Day, yeah, you can yeah. find that at Cameron.Dexter. If you want to see my face and all my Disney things that are going on, you can find that at CamDexter underscore Adventures. Boom, boom, boom. And you can find me at Lordifer on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, I am in the midst of building the massive Lego 1989 Batmobile. And I will actually try and put some of that content up on Instagram uh, to share with people because I do love doing a good Instagram Lego build. Mm -hmm. So keep your eyes peeled for that. Yes. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Uh, Bye. Static shock. Boop, boop.